This is the Fenny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Oh, hello. So normally it's the Pei Chen Show, but she is away. Um, I don't know where, actually. Where is she, Elliot? Do you know? I believe she's in Glasgow, Scotland. Where does she get all her money from? I'm not sure. Here? Oh, I can tell you not. Um, I'm starting to think she's a thief. Think of it this year. She's already been to Africa. Now she's in Glasgow. She's in Halifax a couple of weekends ago. And you know what the flights are like in this country. You might as well fly to Glasgow if you're flying to Halifax. True. I think it's almost the same price. Like same very price. Close. Yeah, pretty much. Just to get that little extra further. And it's worth going for a deep fried Mars bar, I'd say. And some street drunks. Welcome to Glasgow. Um, so she'll never come back. I'll tell you that. I've been to Glasgow and I've barely got out alive. And she's not as big as me. So... Looks like I've got this show from now on. No, she'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong in a uh, in a city where the life expectancy is less than Baghdad? It's true. That's my. I always say that about Glasgow, don't I? That's my go-to fact. It's the only fact I've got on Glasgow. I haven't been there for about 20 years. Um, hello, my name's Vinny. So normally I do the show after pay, and yet today like I'm going to do two shows back-to-back. Two hours' work on a Sunday. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, graft. Someone's got to do it. Um, now, to pad this beautiful radio show and to delight your ears, I thought I would uh, also get some guests in the studio and uh, find out about uh, oh, people's life stories and uh, their position on things. And uh, I'm very interested and very proud to present to you today, uh, Toby Haas. Hello, Toby. Hi. I'm just going to turn your mic on. Oh. There we go. Hello. And Toby's mum, Karen. Hello, Karen. Hi. Hello. Nice to have you here. Um, it's actually Tobin. Oh, I'm Tobin. sorry. Right, well, we're off to a great start there. Can we rerun this? Ah, Tobin. Well, thank you for being so polite as to not correct me, Tobin. No problem. Well done, you. Um, I shall try and get that right from now on. <laughs> and uh, Karen, your mum. So let's find out a little bit about you. Um, we're going to talk about a, an upcoming incentive called Bikes for Tights. But first of all, let's find out a little bit about you. Uh, how old are you, Tobin? I'm 15 years old. And uh, life hasn't been entirely easy for you, so I think we could uh, say. Tell me uh, how, and more recently, uh, what you've been through. Sure. Um, well, when I was two and a half, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and I had a major brain surgery and chemotherapy and radiation. And then I it came back when I was five years old, and then again, I went through a major surgery and... Uh, chemotherapy and mm. then it came back again when I was nine and I had a major surgery in which my neurosurgeon got the rest of the remaining tumor out and then I had uh, radiation to finish it off. And what's the status at the moment as we speak do we think? Right right now I'm all clear I still go back for regular checkups and follow-ups and MRIs and I'm still followed by a few departments for a couple things but other than that i'm good health wonderful that's so great to hear um you must be quite deeply philosophical for your age you've had a lot of things to think about that other people your age haven't had to think about and sometimes it might be quite um i don't want to say, i don't want to put words in your mouth but I'd, I'd be interested do you sometimes get frustrated with other people's minor irritations when you've faced so much adversity 
Uh, yeah, I I think the, even the smallest things that people get mad at, they do get mad. I get a bit angry at them because they're such small things, and I, I I tend to overlook those things just because of what I've been through. And yeah, you realise the, the scale of how big problems can be yeah. and how uh, menial some of these little matters uh, are to uh, to you, anyway. Do you find that you have a bit more of a voice of authority? Do you find that people listen to you because you've had hardship and experience, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on the situation. Like, I I don't... I'm not the brightest, no. <laughs> so to say, but I... Uh, in some areas of life, yeah, I I can provide a bit more insight than others my age. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And your mum's here, Karen. Hello, Karen. Um, tell me what it's like for you, sort of emotionally, uh, and watching Tobin develop into the fine, fit young lad that he is now. I mean, obviously, it's nice to take a breath now, but you must have had some hard times yourself. Yeah, any parent who has been through a similar situation, even once, um, doesn't. Like Tobin said, uh, doesn't look at life with the same perspective. Mm. Um, those little, those minor irritations. Mm. I don't mean anything. And we, I, I can say for 13 years, almost 13 years since uh, the diagnosis, we've enjoyed every day. Really? Yeah. It's been hard some days, but. Uh, Have you got any more little ones? Tobin got any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Oh, yeah? What's she like? Do you, does she annoy you? Uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> That's sort of the default position with younger sisters, I find. Yeah. You sort of hate her because she's annoying and immature and she plays with dolls. And then later on in life, you'll quite enjoy her company and you'll have a pint with her, you know. But you have to go through the whole teenage situation first. Oh. And <laughs> so tell me, um, one of the reasons you're here today is because you're going to be heavily involved in something up and coming called Bikes for Tykes. What's Bikes for Tykes? Uh, it's basically, from my knowledge, what it is, is um, it's a fundraising initiative uh, that has a, a bunch of spinners, uh, Bikers on spinners. Why are bikers called spinners? I've always wondered this. Uh, I, it's a stationary bike, and you spin a wheel. And mm, I, I think. See, so. I don't think it should be called that. I know it's a minor point, but yeah. when someone says I'm going spinning, I just think of a Turkish man with a hat on doing a crazy dance. <laughs> but that's not what's happening at all, is it? No, no. I'm going stationary bicycling. Is what they should be saying. Yeah. Oh! Well, we'll find out more about the event in a minute, and then we'll find out complete depth and how people can get involved. Uh, but for the moment. Let's see what's happening on wheels of a different nature as we uh, go to traffic in a minute. Uh, before we do, I just want to let you know that um, the Vinnie White show will be on in its usual capacity of grandeur, splendour and absolute absurd wonderousness um, very soon. But uh, in the moment, you're listening to Vinnie White covering Pei Chen. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. That's where you are. Normally it would be Paige Chen, but she's away for the moment in Glasgow, and she'll be back next week uh, in our usual time and position. Uh, I'm with Karen Haas and Tobin Haas. Tobin uh, is a childhood survivor of cancer, diagnosed at the age of two, and has had uh, two recurrences, and now clear and fit. 
and unlike a lot of people in his position, he's not gone straight back to the video games. He likes to give back to the community and the people that he's met. So he's involved in Bikes for Tykes, a four-hour spinning relay. Uh, it's coming up, actually. It's June the 18th uh, from 10 till 2. It attracts hundreds of participants across the GTA. It's an annual event, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Did, were you in it last year? Uh, yes, I was. I volunteered and then I uh, helped motivate people oh good for you are you standing at the front saying yeah work it girlfriend uh no i was actually uh spinning for an hour as well did you oh yeah. well done mate yeah. yeah did you do it as well mum karen no i think we did i did it the year before though yeah so not, are, you gonna, are you gonna do it this year if, I... to, if tobin begs me to <laughs> <laughs> there you go you heard it here first tobin are you gonna beg her to do this uh possibly yeah i don't know we will see now funds raised from the event will support cancer neighborhoods uh, of peter uh, gilgan center uh, for research and learning at the six Ki sick kids hospital um i've always wondered why it's called the sick kids hospital surely you could just call it the kids hospital i think the fact that it's a hospital already signifies that they're sick Again, I'm just pedantic. It's an English thing. Um, but I'm very pleased you've come in today to talk about it. Now, um, it's raised over $2 million uh, since it started in 2000. So it's a really successful event. Do you know how people... I'll ask you on this one, Karen. Uh, do you know how people can get involved if they're listening to this thinking they'd like to give back or perhaps do a bit of peddling? Well, I, uh, I believe through the website... Um, mm. And I'm hoping you actually Well, have as luck website. would have it. <laughs> I do. It's coasttocoastagainstcancer.org. So I'll say that again, coasttocoastagainstcancer.org. And uh, if that isn't long enough, it's slash BFT. But I'm sure you can find your way. Coasttocoastagainstcancer.org um, if you'd like to get involved or learn more. I can tell you every year Bikes for Tykes chooses a charitable children's programme to support. And since 2012, Bikes for Tykes has been spinning in support of the cancer neighbourhood, as I say, Peter Gilgan Centre at, uh, for research and, research and Learning. Um, what's the general atmosphere? I've been to a few of these things. They're usually quite good fun, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's, yeah, great atmosphere, great fun. Lots of sweat. Lots of sweat, yeah. Uh, Is it in a in a tent? It's a, it's a, at TD, TD Square. Yeah, but is it, in a, is it covered in a no. tent? No. Because I remember I went to one in Ottawa, same it's, sort of thing. And it's all open. It was in a tent. And I tell you what, I stank in there. It was disgusting. <laughs> and I I contributed to that by cycling my, or spinning, whatever you call it, spinning my way a few K. But it was horrible. So good. Glad to hear it's out in the yeah. open air. Is there music and stuff as well? Oh, yeah. It's it's loud and fun. And... Nibbles? Can I get a nibble? Yeah. All right. Sold. I might pop down. <laughs> I'm up for it. So, what do you do, like doing when you're not uh, giving back uh, to the uh, to the charity? Uh, well, school keeps school keeps me busy, and uh, I do a, do some sports, and uh, I work and earn money. And you work? Yeah. How old I, are you again? I'm 15. Hang on a minute. Child labour laws are listening. Uh, <laughs> you're 25. <laughs> uh, what do you do for work? Uh, I umpire in baseball in the summer and uh, timekeep for hockey in the winter. Oh, check you out. That's yeah. good, isn't it? And do you get involved in those sports as well now, occasionally? Uh, I, I played baseball for about 10 years and hockey for about six or seven. And then I decided I'm getting a bit busy and cut back and... 
what's the now you've been you know in, embracing and uh, going in regular checkups and now the cancer's clear obviously you've been um readjusting your goals expectations ambitions in life i mean there's time there you thought hang on a minute I'm not sure I need to plan anything. Things aren't looking good. And it's so good to have you in the studio today and such a positive message for people that have had uh, people in their family suffer cancer that you can come out of it well. But what are you going to do with the rest of your life? There's a small question for you. What, what do you feel like doing now you've been given this freedom again? Uh, I'm thinking in, once I graduate high school, I want to go to university either in Calgary or Victoria or even Germany and... Uh, study something medical like nursing or a pediatrician or even an endocrinologist i wish i knew yeah. what that was and i don't <laughs> think i do was that your german coming through or was that an actual word that was an actual word what was it again uh an endocrinologist do they look at oh do they look at chronologist i don't know what they do it, it's like basically uh, your thyroid and hormonal stuff good yep that's exactly yep. what i was gonna say i mean i just you know i, just, I didn't want to embarrass you that's all karen are you... <laughs> got out of that one karen are you proud of this young man i am yeah uh, i'm grateful for every day i bet you are as well you know it's amazing to think if it was only a, a few decades ago we probably wouldn't be having this conversation now the wonders of modern medicine and science and perhaps some of the lottery of life in being born in a in a country rich enough to be able to afford the health care that we can. Yeah, that's right. But at least um, we can look at all the research that is being done here. It it will translate to better outcomes for kids around the world. Mm. It's not just isolated to helping kids here. Some of the money that's going raised will be poured directly into that research. The fundraising goal this year is $250,000. Did you get anywhere near that last year? Can you remember? I don't recall the Put total. you on the spot now, yeah. haven't I? Yeah. I know it did quite I well. I haven't got the figures. No. <laughs> I don't remember the beginning of this interview. Uh, but every dollar you raise, uh, of course, in support of Bytestart, goes directly to the cause that's supported. Um, now, you can actually get involved in this if you want, and I encourage you to do so. If you want to get your hot buns on a bicycle and pedal for this young man and his uh, friends, then please do so. If you want to get involved, as I say, the website is coasttocoastagainstcancer.org. And uh, the event is this Thursday, June the 18th, and the event time is 10 till 2. So good excuse to get a bit of time off work, isn't it? Let's be honest. If you said to your boss, can I take some of the day off? And he said, not really. And he said, well, you know, it is for cancer research. They're not going to say no. And it's sunny. Get yourself down there for a bit of music and a couple of nibbles. It's a day out. Sounds fun. So they're selling it here, aren't I? <laughs> selling it. So uh, whereabouts are you living now in Toronto? Uh, we actually live in Brampton. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like it up there? Mm, yeah. You a video game player? Not too much. No. no. What do you do? When Are you into the girls yet? <laughs> yes. Let me let put it in another way that's slightly less embarrassing. Um, when you look at girls, are you uh, find them hideous, as you used to, or are you now starting to realise that actually they're quite nice? The latter. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the words of a genius. Not getting too in-depth, but usually using great English to, uh, to make his point. Uh, well, I do wish you the best of luck. And uh, before I go, is there anything you'd like to add, uh, Mum and Tobin, who have come in, Karen and Tobin Haas, who have come in uh, to talk with me today? Uh, no, thank you for having us. Not at all. You right there, Mum? Happy with that? Absolutely. Thank you. And... Um... Yeah, thank you to everyone who can, who is able to support this great initiative. 
Bikes for Tikes is the name of it. Over two million has been raised since the uh, since it kicked off in 2000. We're going for a quarter of a million this year alone, and all that money, as I say, that goes for Bikes for Tikes goes directly to the cause supported here. And you've been listening to Tobin has a child, a survivor of cancer, diagnosed at the age of two, and has had two resurgences, but fighting fit, and if I may say so, not looking too shabby either, young man. Thank you. He's a looker, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get the jeans, Mum? You've got them as well, haven't you? Oh, oh gee, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'd love to have you in. So, coming up on the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking to Amanda Capido and uh, talking about this week's news, including... Did you see that video of um, the Walmart fight? Yeah. The one that's sort of like a massive embarrassment to humanity in general. If you didn't see this, this is the video that was shot in somewhere in southern the United States, you know, somewhere in the Bible Belt, where a, a woman on a scooter um, was scooting along, an electric scooter, may I add. Elliot, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. It just looks like a mime video from here. Elliot's talking to me in a microphone. Go on, use the actual mic. You can. Oh, no, she was talking to the traffic guy, just telling them that we got traffic soon. There's other people apart from me. Do you there, know There's another that... character. Oh, my God, that does nothing for my ego. I thought you listened to it and hung on my every word. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, but, yeah, during this uh, week, you may have seen this video um, where a woman on an electric scooter who's cruising around a Walmart decides to get off an electric scooter and have a full-blown fist fight with another woman about, you know, you think, oh, obviously, it must be something critically important. No, not really. No, they just had a minor altercation about pretty much nothing. Ended up throwing bottles of shampoo at each other and encouraging the kid to get involved. There's one point where one of the mothers shouts at the kid, punch her in the effing face. Isn't it great that we live next to the United States of America? So we'll be talking about that with Amanda Capito and finding out if we can cut America off and push it out to sea. No, I'm only kidding. Most of them are right. There's just a couple of idiots that let the place down. It's the same in every country. When we come back, we'll discuss that and more. You're listening to The Pay, show, Pay Chen Show, covered by Vinnie White. This is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I'm joined by Amanda Capito, the news guru. Oh, thank you. I'll take that title, sure. The voice, the broadcasting legend that is the news. Do you write the news as well as read it out? Yes, I do. Why are you so clever? <laughs> oh, thanks. That's, uh, yeah, that's what we do here. I like the news on News Talk 1010 because it's not patronising and often it explains things really well. Like this week, they said, I was listening in, mm -hmm. and they said, um, we, got a, we get a lot of press releases here in the newsroom and most of them are junk, but this one says, in an inadverted and stupid way, Blacks is closing. Yeah. And I just thought that's really, that's so true. I like the fact that News Talk 1010 sort of gets rid of all this. It's like talking to your friend instead of, being all newsy and up its own bum. That's what we like to try, yeah. We get, like, hundreds and hundreds of press releases, of course. There's lots of things going on in the city, and so that's our job. Filter it and make it eye-level and understandable. And that's what you do, isn't it? It is. Do you find yourself, like, over-explaining things in your public life as a result of your private job? Well, I know a lot that's happening in the news, so I always have to kind of assume that people don't know as much as I do because they're not following it. That's not their job. So yeah. I do over-explain or give backstory, but I try to I try to be polite about it. As an avid news follower myself, I always get disappointed when I 
talk to someone about the news and they go, uh, and you're like, that's an amazing story. I know. And they're like, yeah, no, it's, it's quite interesting. Well, you have to start hanging out with better people. Yeah, I think that, that <laughs> that's the what that says to me. <laughs> and that, which is why I went out with you last night, didn't there I? There you go. Yeah, you did. We went to a club. I was walking down the road on the way there. don't know if I told you this. So um, I was going to go and meet you for a couple of beers last night and watch the band, um, which we did. Yep. Walking down the road. Hot night last night, wasn't it? It was beautiful. Everyone had made an effort here in Toronto. Good buzz in the city. There was a woman who had her knickers on, and that was sort of it. She had knickers <laughs> oh. and a very small shirt on. And her knickers were, what do you call them in this country? Panties. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, that sounds, sounds even more perverse than knickers. Wow. Well. don't know why. Her <laughs> panties were wedged, you know, you'd need tongs to get them back out. <laughs> Ooh. It looked like a shoelace. Oh, no. And I had to walk behind her. Now, the thing is, I'm in a very difficult paradox because I am a man and I like women. And Such a difficult paradox right there. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I like some degree of decorum. But unfortunately, viscerally, I do get quite turned on by ladies' bums. Mm-hmm. So I got myself in a real pickle because I, I didn't want to watch it, but I wanted to watch it. It was like a car crash. Right. A, like a non-stop thong car crash. And I walked behind her for about three blocks. And in the end, I sped up so I didn't have to look at her bum. Is it wrong? No, I think that's human nature. I just don't know why... I suppose there's a point I get older, now where I used to think, oh, look at that, that's a bit of stuff. Boy, I'd like to be those knickers. Now I think, oh, put a coat on. Yeah. You know? You've seen enough of it. That's why. You've become desensitized a little bit. Yeah. And because, especially in the area that we were in, we were in the entertainment district right around, actually, the studio here. So, you know, Richmond Street and Adelaide, they have lots of bars and clubs. And so that this area is notorious for having... You know, people, especially as the night progresses, people start to uh, lose more and more pieces of clothing. Risky sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's very risky now. I don't know why people bother paying for strippers, because you might as well just hang out on the street here. There you go. Fun fact, tidbit from Vinny White right here. <laughs> saving you money. <laughs> and I know the Taliban are evil, and um, so too are ISIS, and they spread a campaign of fear, destruction, menace. I don't know how we're jumping to ISIS right now. Sorry. Okay, wait, what's the, what's the transition? <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> You know how they're absolutely nearly everything that they stand for is degrading, immoral, and um, terrible right. for humanity, and that their menacing, bullying campaign of destruction preys on people's lives and ruins education in particularly women and children. I sort of see their point about covering up a bit. I mean, okay, I'm... that you cannot even compare. <laughs> you cannot even compare. <laughs> I was getting ready. I'm like, where is he going with this? I just think, you know, I don't think they've got anything right. But I just don't know if we should be walking around with knickers on, is what I'm saying. In the I end of the day, not... if she was choosing to walk around like that, uh, then that is her choice. But f- I, from the sounds of it, I, was, was it unintentional? Was she not in the right mind? Was She She was incredibly drunk. She was yeah. wearing a pair of knickers that, what some would say was an attempt at a skirt, but it, oh, sorry, a pair of shorts, but it wasn't, and heels. Mm. And, and she also fell down the curb. That's unfortunate. I know, it was a car crash in every possible sense. She should have had some better friends helping her out. Yeah, she should. Mm. Now then, um, so everyone was talking this week about that Walmart story, the Walmart video. Did you see it? Yes. It's disgusting. It's so bad. What the hell was that about? I know. If you haven't seen it, by the way, it's two grown women in Walmart in Indianapolis in America having a proper fight about... Well, it's not very clear what it's about. I now can tell you what it's about if you're interested. Yeah. So, I mean, the video, all you really see is them having 
giving her and mm. headlocks and pushing each other into the the shelves, shampoo bottles flying everywhere. There's yeah. a kid. One of them has a small child. He's Six getting involved. Boy. Six yep. year old boy. He's getting involved. He's throwing punches. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wasn't under. I wasn't a hundred percent of what was actually happening. When, when you see it, you think, oh, there must be a good reason. I mean, no one gets that riled up over nothing. Well, it sort of is nothing really. What the woman in the scooter was getting annoyed that she couldn't pass through the aisles because the Walmart employees had left stuff because they were restocking the shelves. So she was finding it hard to navigate round, right? Right. And so she was like, oh, what's going on? So I think she had a go at one of the employees and said, hey, man, move this cart or whatever. And this woman, just nothing to do with it, the one with the kid, passed by and said, you must really hate your life to the woman in the scooter. And woman in scooter's like, yeah, well, I'm not over the moon with it, but... What's it got to do with you? And why so, butt in? That's so odd. It's so odd. So, And why was she walking around with her kid at 10.32pm as well? Yeah. A six-year-old kid. Bad parenting. And she looks like a lot of people in Walmart in America. Stop wearing leggings. You're not getting away with them. Oh, no. It's true. It looks like there's four legs in there. <laughs> I don't care about what she's wearing. I just care that she... Not only now is she insane for jumping on this other woman that was in a scooter and punching her and putting her in a headlock. But now that the fact that I know that she wasn't even the one who initially started the fight, because you can't really tell the beginning of the video, the person who was videoing it is was, was a few aisles over, but the fact that she butt into that and really instigated the fight. Well, the what? interesting thing is, when I saw it, I thought, well, this is video evidence, obviously. Yeah. And it's really like, it's got almost the entire scene, if you want to call it that, of this... Uh, Walmart Jackie Chan movie. And then uh, I was thinking, obviously, they're going to get charged. Well, one woman did get charged, but not for the fight. She actually got charged for neglecting her kid. The charge is neglect of a dependent in mm. America. Well, because she's telling him to punch the other woman yeah. in the face. And he has got a mouth on him. She went on to say he doesn't get bullied at school. I'll tell you why. He's the bully at oh. school. And what's he going to grow up to be? I, I can't see him being a very compassionate person. What ch- Exactly. What chances has he got if he thinks it's perfectly normal for his mum to punch a woman on an electric scooter in Walmart oh. for over nothing? Now, do you take the kid away? Don't you? Or put her into some sort of... Anger management course? Yeah. And then and then she's not, she's not getting her child taken away from her forever, but she needs some help. She needs everything, though, doesn't she? Also... What's she doing on a scooter, that one? Yeah. If she can put, if she can wrestle, she's a hell of a wrestler in the video. Yeah, and, and she got right up off the scooter, so I'm not <laughs> sure why. Because <laughs> I was getting ready for, oh, no, this is a video about a woman in a scooter, like, trying to ram into another woman. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect. But when she jumped off that scooter, my, oh, my. I know. And the thing is with YouTube videos, a lot of them are funny. So I'd brace myself for a good bit of comedy. I felt devastated afterwards about the state of humanity. I was shaking my head, yep. Because, you know, you just think, oh, forget it. The only way that I can c- conclude and get on with my life is just to go, well, at least it's not Canada. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it was, I think I'd move back to England. And yeah. then if it happened in England, because we've got Walmarts and idiots as well, then I'd probably just keep going, I might just move to Tibet. <laughs> go live out in a rice field in Bali. Yeah. Problem solved. I've always thought I'd be quite good at, like, I don't know, sheep farming in Fiji. Oh, I can't wait to see you as a sheep farmer. I think that'll be really great. <laughs> In conclusion, um, thank God it's not America that we live in. (laughs) I should put that at the end. You know when Barack Obama says, uh, God bless America, (laughs) he should go, my name's Barack Obama. Thank God Canada's there for everyone to get away from this. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining me, Amanda. 
Thank you. Um, do you want to go out again next week, like me and you, like on the tent? Oh, no. Uh, I'm, oh, actually, I've got to tell people this. Hey, would you like to sponsor me? Because next weekend I'm in Ottawa. Actually, can you sponsor me? I'm doing a 10K in Ottawa. Oh, are you? Yeah, I was going to say... What are you raising money for? It's a bit sad, actually. I was going to say, do you want to go out for a drink next week? And then I suddenly realised I'm not here because I'm doing a 10K, which means I can't go out for a drink, even oh. the night before. Got to get out at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. 6 o'clock? Wait, wait. What are you raising money for? Uh, cancer research and funding for families with a cancer sufferer in them and, you know, to help them get through and uh, understand the disease. So, sort of... Uh, combating it in research and facilities for those suffering it and their families. And it's in Ottawa. And have you ever ridden, like, do you ride bikes? Mate, it's a run. Oh, it's a Do you run? With legs. Do you run? Do you do any sort of physical activity is what I'm trying to gauge here. That's why I bought a motorized (laughs) scooter. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to sponsor me, my name is Vinnie White. Find me on the News Talk. Oh, what shall I do? Um, Find me on Facebook and I'll send you the link. And you can send me some money. And I'll read your name out on News Talk 1010. Sounds like a great deal. And I will also offer a prize. What can we give away? Um, you can give. You have to give away like a canvas or something. Oh yeah, from MrPhotoCanvas.com, my business. There you go. Thanks. Full that a, circle. That was a plug, wasn't it? Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. You're tuned in to the Vinny White Show. On In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Well, talking to Amanda Capito there about the Walmart video. The Walmart video featuring two fully grown women having a fight over essentially nothing, really. Just a bit of rivalry in, in a supermarket. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's many times I've wanted to punch someone in a supermarket. Most times I'm in a supermarket. But you just exercise that amazing thing that humans should have. Restraint. Give it a go sometime. I don't know why I'm saying that to Canadians. You practice it every day. The Americans might want to give it a shot. Um, what did you think of that, Elliot? Elliot, the producer for the Pay Chen Show. The Walmart video? Yeah. I will confess, Vinny, that I did not watch it. It's, I... re- it's weird because when you start watching it, yes. you think, you know, because we're all sent so many videos nowadays, no matter what you do for a living. Um, everyone's become a video watcher, really, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And when you start watching it, you think, oh, this is probably quite funny. And then yeah. for the first minute, well, not even a minute, probably the first 10 seconds, you think, oh, this is quite funny. Yeah. In that sort of, you know, well, at least it's not me way. And then after a while, you're like, oh, there's just no humanity left. True. Actually, I did hear about it, and I did not watch it. I almost chose, oh, I did. I chose to avoid it because of the human grossness I feared I would be exposed to. I need to learn that skill. <laughs> Of knowing that something's going to be bad and not watching it. Yeah. Like I watched a documentary on um, the falling of Mosul. Oh, really? Yeah, the Iraq Second yes. City yes. to ISIS. Mm-hmm. Half hour long, BBC production called Our World. Wow. The fall of Mosul. Yeah. Now, before you press play on that, you know that it's not going to be good. Right. So why do I watch it? Well, I mean, I think, I know what you mean. I think a lot of that stuff, I try to think of it almost as like a, a vaccine or a medicine that doesn't feel good, maybe. Uh, it has risks, perhaps, but um, is important to take in the end for like your your sense of understanding of the world. Like it may not feel good in the short term, but at least you can walk away going, at least I understand the world maybe a little better than I did before. This um, this reminds me very much of the book that you were talking about off air, um, yes. Alan Dubotin's news book. Yes, which, which you've just read. Perhaps that's why you're feeling so philosophical about it. 
Well, I mean, I do. Yeah, I do watch a lot of documentaries, too. I, I think I mentioned in a previous uh, broadcast, maybe off the air. I go to Hot Docs, the film fest every year, and I watch quite a few yeah. of those. So, I, I, yeah, I think a lot about these See, things. I tend to be in the same camp as you, I think. Yeah. That even though it's bad news, you need to know that news because that, that well, it can actually have a positive effect on your life in the sense that you're, yeah. A, not ignorant, and B, hopefully, you should be able to appreciate, for example, Canada and its freedoms more. Yes, However, the other school of thought I have started falling more into recently, which is it's all bloody miserable, so what's the <laughs> point in it? I, it, was, it was halfway through the Rob Ford thing. Right. I thought, I'm saturated with it. I've yes. had enough. Agreed. And it got so much. I actually, Even in this job, where you obviously have to know news and debate it on a regular basis, right. I'd, I'd had, have like um, two or three days where I wouldn't touch it. And mm-hmm. even if, if someone was in a pub and they said, oh, you heard about Rob Ford, shut your face. I understand. You know, it got too much, didn't it? I got burnt out. Yeah, did myself. you? I did, definitely. I think a lot of people in this building, actually a lot of people in this city did, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, well, it, because there was only so much to say after a while. So what's our conclusion? Is news good for you in small amounts? Is it like booze? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. Well, I mean, also, too, sometimes, I mean, I didn't see this BBC report, but context helps. Sometimes the news, actually, the book... Uh, by Alain de Vuitton goes into this about uh, we we don't get a lot of context sometimes. We'll be shown um, a bloody image or a screaming headline and we don't necessarily always know what the surrounding context was. Yeah, that's true. In and history. With the sensationalization of news, you know yeah. less than ever before. Right. If you put on Fox, it'll be like, ISIS are evil, and there's one anchor that's famed, I can't remember her name, but she just looks at the camera and she goes, if you want my advice, bomb them bomb them, and bomb them again. Yes. And, and, you know, you sort of think, I think that's as bad as the political rhetoric broadcasting on the uh, channels in the deepest, darkest parts of propaganda-ridden Syria Mm -hmm. as, as, you know... Heartland USA. Yeah. So I suppose at least by learning these things, for example, for at least me watching this documentary, I have a broader mind to know that a lot of people in the Middle East are incredibly unhappy right. with the overruling of ISIS, and they're innocent people that are beside themselves at being divided as they have been in Mosul. So the answer is absolutely not to bomb them because they're innocent. So I suppose at least mm-hmm. it makes you not ignorant. Right. Exactly. And and it's funny the bombing point. I mean, there's an argument. Uh, to be said that um, bombing Iraq uh, had a role in creating monsters like Undoubtedly, ISIS. Undoubtedly, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, that's the context that um, should be available. And, I mean, is. I mean, we have many more media sources than ever. But, yeah, that's, um, that's sometimes the dilemma I find with a lot of news. A great historian once said if there's one thing that history teaches us is that it doesn't teach us anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, there's... Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's different levels to it. And, um, you know, I mean, docs can be great, though. I, the reason I like a lot of documentaries is that they, they provide some context that, you know, often the headlines can't provide, you know, because of well, the, the need for sensationalism and yeah. just the time. Yeah, you know, totally. to watch half an hour on Mosul, yes. you're never going to squeeze that into your daily bulletin, are you, really? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I would say it's important just to know, you know, but I mean, no one, you know, no one, I, don't, I think, can psychologically handle just taking in, you know, <laughs> this all like days of, you know, all day sort of intake of this sort of stuff. That's why sometimes I just I open the laptop and I think, I think I'm just going to watch Shrek. I think you're owed Shrek after yeah. something like that. So what's the formula? Is it one documentary on Mosul equals one Shrek? I <laughs> I operate on a very similar 
kind of approach where like I will balance out, you know, harsh, brutal documentaries or books or whatever with comedy and, you know, be it stand up or be it films. Yeah. Or, uh, that's a very helpful balance for me. And so you, I don't feel guilty about not consuming nothing but horror all day. Good. And in the same <laughs> sense, do you ever do you feel not guilty if you're in a situation where, for example, you're in a restaurant and someone's talking about a news article and you ha- and you don't know anything about it? Are you all right with that? Yeah, because you can't read it all, man. No. You can't. And I think it's actually arguably unhealthy <laughs> to try to read it all. You can't. You cannot do it for one and. You gotta you gotta pull away at some point. I will say it gets easier as you get older because I remember as a kid when I used to look at um, the TV, um, and I remember things like you know the, the falling of the Berlin Wall and real significant moments in in my childhood that I watched on on news. And of course, growing up in England, we had a lot of problem, problems with uh, the IRA and bombings. Right. And I remember thinking, I don't really understand what what it's all about. Yes. And now. You don't really, and I'm going to say this, I hope this doesn't sound too blasé, but if you hear about a new war, you're never, there's only really two or three different reasons that it could be. Yeah? Right, right. Territorial, religion, perhaps yes. territorial and religion. Often. Uh, or some sort of crazy land claim, um, which again is territorial. Is there mm-hmm. anything else? No, I mean, uh, territorial disputes, from what I've seen, are foundational to almost all conflict, really. Yeah, yeah even in- if it's not your territory. Yeah, you know, you invaded Poland. We're not happy with that. We're like, we're going to have a go at you for that. You know. Yeah, there's different pretexts, be it like religion-based or. But I know. thought, well, like, as a kid growing up, I remember thinking, what's that war about? That one yeah. must be completely different to that one. You know, Northern Ireland must be completely different to the Democratic Congo, uh, Republic of Congo, which must be different to Vietnam, yeah. which must be. Actually, they're not all that different, <laughs> they are, are they? They all have the same kind of underlying um, gripe, maybe to put it lightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I, it's funny you mentioned that because. Um, growing up here in North America, I admit I did not. I knew that there was trouble in Ireland. You know, sure enough, it's called the Troubles. But I didn't fully understand it. I didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand the religious dimension to it. Um, only now do I. I still won't pretend like I fully, fully get it. I yeah. understand vaguely. You know, it's it's tough. I mean, and that's the thing is that sometimes you know, should the news provide that with every bulletin? Is it possible to to do that? Like, by the way, we'll tell you. Like, well, here's 20 minutes on the Troubles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, because then it could be... That's a great question, because then it could be considered as condescending or patronizing because, well, I already knew that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we all... Everyone out there knows a little, you know, more and a little less than each other. That's the thing, right? There's, like, a scholar of the Troubles walking around out there, many, and then there's people who know absolutely nothing. What amazes me is when you have significant uh, significant events in history that people know nothing about. And I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I went through Africa on a truck. Right. Just for a laugh. Mm-hmm. Which, why wouldn't you? And uh, there was lots of people from all around the world on the truck, and I was with them for two months. So you really get to know these people. Like if, oh, I can imagine. If you're not, you know, spotting wildlife in Kenya, then you're broken down on the side of a highway in Tanzania or you're camping in a field in Mozambique. So the day you walk on that truck, you have, whether you like it or not, entered into a massive um, bond with people. And you're not going to like all of them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're certainly going to get to know them. And enormous ranges of intelligence, experience, geographical backgrounds, etc. Which is, of course, why the trip was so brilliant. If anyone's thinking about doing it, I would definitely recommend taking a, a, a truck through Africa with some random strangers. Mm. But one of the most significant things I remember was we were sat around the fa- fire one night and there are two women from Germany and everyone spoke in English on the bus just for everyone else's convenience, really. Mm-hmm. And the two women from Germany were talking about the differences today between East and West Germany mm-hmm. and what things have happened in Germany and how Germany's changed since the wall fell down. And a 30-year-old British woman... Mm-hmm 
um, said, what, what on earth are you talking about? And I said, and I think that's unforgivable to not know that. You don't have to know much. I mean, just to know that there was a wall yes. and there isn't one now. Right. To not know that, <laughs> I think, is actually unforgivable. Well, this I, I will admit on that note, I am astounded sometimes, you know, despite what I said about, you know, not being able to read it all and know it all. Uh, there, it is incredible sometimes I'll run into people and they have no idea yeah. about, about stuff like even that was a pretty significant <laughs> historical event yeah. in our in our, you know, 30 year old. I'm 32. You know, like, um, yeah, even I knew they're like, oh, well, a wall came down. I don't know why they put it up to begin with, yeah. but it did come down. I think you should just probably know about a it. A vague recollection, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, 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 that thing, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you might not know what happened in Vietnam, but you kind of need to know that Vietnam had a war, that yeah. kind of thing. You yeah, know? like stuff happened there and people are upset. Yeah. <laughs> so there you are. There I, we go. We got I'm this. not sure what our conclusion is. I think it's taking some news, and when it all gets a bit much, watch Shrek. Yes, that is in Shrek. The third, especially. Plenty uh, of Shreks to watch. It's true. And just as well, because there's plenty of misery to absorb as well. Yes. Ah, light and shade balance right here on News Talk 1010. My name's Vinnie White. I'm in for Pei Chen, and I'll be back with my actual real regular show in just a little while. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Vinny White is my name. Newstalk1010.com is the website. The phone number is 416-872-1010. You can text the show on 71010 or you can, if you've got a cell phone, who hasn't? Star Talk. That's star 8255. Aye. Um, Elliot's on the buttons. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, you look well. Do you remember you had the food poisoning and um, you looked a bit peaky? You've got your glow back. Yes, no, I remember. That was just a few weeks ago. It's kind of funny to think that's all behind me now. Did you take any days off work? I actually did. I took my first sick day, yeah. Because you're, you're one of these people. You will, through hell or high water, you'll get to work, won't you? I just keep doing it. I just keep going back and working. Have but, I ever, in all the years I've been working with you, have I ever done a show where you haven't produced the evening show? I don't think so. And uh, yeah, I don't think so. I've taken Sundays off for like to see a concert, but that, I think that was before you began. Didn't you go to Scotland once? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Okay, that was right. I did go to the UK for two weeks myself, and uh, like uh, about two years ago, yeah. April, April 2013. That was it. Yeah. No, that's right. I just uh, yeah, I just kind of keep working. A workhorse, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I gotta do. You know, gotta do it. Good. The society. I wish your ethic was everywhere. That's. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, this is the Ready White Show. I'm on for now. Actually, speaking of that, I had a bit of a um, difficult week this week. I run a business called MrPhotoCanvas.com, and we make canvas prints. And I, I'm so busy doing all the Photoshop work and all that kind of stuff that I haven't got time to make the canvas prints. So I have a member of staff, which is a first for me. And I always like to think that I'm a pretty fair guy. Um, I pay him quite well. Actually, I pay him very well. And uh, very, very well. Far too well, I think. Um, sometimes he makes more than me. I'm not sure that's why it's supposed to be. But, um, yeah, it's all right. Everything goes well. He comes in every day. And then um, he had... Actually, I'm going to throw this as a question. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question, dear listener, and text in your answer, and then I'll carry on with the story. Because my, the ultimate point I'm going to get to here is, is it that I'm um, just turning into an old commodious old man that looks down at the new generation of kids or are they lazier than ever? That's that's the question. 
Are the kids of today lazier than ever before? 7, 10, 10. And try and be fair, you know? And that's what I'm going to try and be during this. I'll, get, I'll tell you exactly why this happened. So this, this guy that makes my canvases, he also has to, when clients come in to pick up their canvases, he has to scan their credit card and what have you, right? So the client comes in, they say, oh, there's a lovely picture of my baby on a canvas. Here's my credit card. Swipey, swipey, signy, signy, send them out the door. I've made a bit of money. Client's got a big smile on their face. And uh, the employee, who I won't name, um, d does well out of as well because he makes money, right? It's quite an efficient system, staffing. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know, capitalism. So this guy had a customer come in and the customer had a complaint about his bill. He thought it was, the customer thought it was too much um, because he got confused about the HST rate. And I won't bore you with all the details, but in the end, the customer said, I owe you 430 bucks. And in actual reality, he owed us 452, okay? So my member of staff, rather than phoning me and saying, look, I've got a guy here who's got a complaint. Can I put him on? Because I wasn't there at the time. He said, um, all right, well, must be that then. And deleted the HST, right? Now, so, and then provided a receipt. So this guy's come in. He's paid less than he should have done. He's paid 0% HST. And he's got a receipt to prove that he's paid 0%. So, so I phoned this guy up and I explain everything and we reversed the transaction and gave him a refund on then I did the new transaction and charged him the correct amount so everything's cool and Mr Taxman isn't going to slap me but I had to talk to my staff member about it right and I've never done this I don't I'm not a manager I don't know how to manage people that well but I'm I'm an all right bloke so I just sat down I said look um let's call him Colin even though that's not his name look Colin um about the other day when people come in and they complain about the price, if that ever happens again, and they miscalculate the HST, just, you know, pop out a calculator, type in the amount that it is, times 1.13, and then they'll see the tax rate, and you can show them the workings, yeah? And he said, I, can't, I don't really understand that. And I said, oh, you're 25. I thought you would, but never mind. Okay. And so I explained it again, and he said, oh, okay. And you know when people say, oh, yeah, okay, but actually they mean, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, his eyes, he looked like Sarah Palin when she's doing a speech. You know, nothing actually processing in the brain. Bit of an out-of-date reference, but you know what I mean. And so um, so I said, oh, to be honest with you, Colin, I don't think you understand that. Did I call him Colin before? I've forgotten his fictitious name. It doesn't matter, it's fictitious. To be honest, Deborah, let's change his sex. We've come this far. To be honest, Deborah, um, I, I don't think you do understand it. And Deborah said, um, oh, actually, you're right, I don't. So I explained it again. And um, but the thing is, I made a massive cataclysmic mistake. I explained it from every possible area of HST, what amount you have to earn before you start collecting it, like how it works, when it's processed, how the holding account works, everything. All the really boring stuff. And I explained it too much. And then I said at the end of it, you know, and if you don't get it right at the end of the day, I'll end up in prison. And he went white. And. I scared him. And now he, he just said to me, he goes, well, don't worry about it then. I just won't do payments. So I'm like, well, you can't, you can't not do payments. That's part of your job. And he said, well, I just won't do the job then. And he walked out. Just walked out on me. Walked out on the contract. Never came back. No argument. I didn't raise my voice. And I can be a right bastard when I want to, but I wasn't. And I tried not to be condescending. And he walked out. He said, I can't work it out. I don't understand it. I don't like taking payments. I'm out. And I've never seen him since. So my question to you is, are kids lazier than ever and less committed? Because I wouldn't walk... I mean, I've walked out of a job, but you have to be hurling pens at me. 
and calling my mother a prostitute before I walk out of a job. Unfortunately for some people. Um, so your calls on 416-872-1010. We'll take uh, Kevin first of all. Kevin, have I got a point or am I just an old miserable man? Um, I don't think that it's you're miserable or anything like that. Like when I used to manage restaurants, people would come in and or people would phone and go, are you guys hiring? And I'd be like, I, I don't know. Why don't you get your lazy butt off out of the couch and walk down and maybe you can find out. But <laughs> but they don't do it that way anymore. Like it, like they, they're trained not to. That's inefficient. Everybody does stuff by email and by this and that. Mm. And I just heard a thing the other day where they said, somebody said, well, blah, blah, blah. They should bring back the times tables. Mm. I'm going, they don't have the times tables anymore? Because just not that long ago, I found out they don't have cursive writing anymore either. So, And I'm going, well, why wouldn't they have the times tables for your math question? I, right? totally, I totally agree with you on that, and here's why. You could say, well, why would we teach timetables when everyone's got a calculator in their pocket? Because even when I showed, well, let's call him Colin, the workings out on how to work out HST, he did not understand what I showed him on the calculator. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand the principle of multiplication. So that's a problem. Well, yeah, and they don't learn the principles. But, see, like, even when you and I were younger, okay, they had calculators back then. So you'd say, we have the same questions to teachers. Why, why would you not? Why, why would, what's the point of learning this if we have a calculator? Well, are you walking around with a calculator with you all the time? Well, now a kid's going to look at you and go, yeah, and I got a compass, and I got a... <laughs> and I got, and I got an encyclopedia, and et cetera. Well, you don't need to know anything anymore, so it's really not their fault, but but I see exactly where you're coming from. I couldn't imagine not being able to whip a note up quick for my wife or be able to stand there and go, okay, well, let's figure this out, man. Here we got this, this, and two fives and 17, and then we press that, and you add this in, and you multiply by 0 0.15, and there you go. Yeah, bibbidi bobbidi boo. It would make me nuts if I couldn't do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate your Enjoy call. your night, buddy. Cheers, mate. Actually, I should have hired him. He sounded quite good. Kevin, call back and work for MrPhotoCanvas.com. No, I think it's a, he raises a really good point. I think that the throwaway, oh, I can sort it, it's all on a cell phone, apathy of this like disposable new society has trickled down to if even for a day you're not enjoying a job, just going to walk out and just get another one. That never used to be that way. Now, in their defence, I don't want to just be an old get harping on about how young people haven't got any commitment. But in their defence, jobs aren't for life now, uh, as they were only a few decades ago. So I suppose you could argue, well, everything's disposable, throw away. He can always get another job. Why wouldn't he walk out? Because it wasn't that hard. And he got paid good money. And it really annoyed me. It really proper stressed me out for a couple of days. Now I have a new girl. She's great. Great. And way more efficient than him. So... Screw you, Colin. Um, someone's texting, they're dumb and can't think for themselves. Well, all right, this is the thing, okay? I don't mind people that, that don't know something. But what I like and what I've always prided myself on as an independent person is if I don't know something, I actually genuinely want to learn it. That's, that's what the, the difference is. Whereas this guy, when I showed him something, he didn't want to know. I don't want to know. Just don't want to do it. <laughs> Not my thing. You know? So it's the level of curiosity that appears to have been ripped out of the soul of young people. And I get it because they can find everything out in two minutes, as that guy was saying. So why do I need to be curious? I can just use Google. Well, apart from anything else, it just makes for more interesting life, doesn't it? 
more interesting debates around a fire. Let's get in there. Let's talk about stuff. Let's find out about stuff, not just go, can't do it. See you later, mate. Yeah, hallelujah. So are young people, and particularly young people that you may be employing, lazy? I hope that Colin is not a reflection on modern-day ute. Attack ads in politics. Attack ads. We hate them. Attack ads. It's like the United States and we like to think we're groovier. Actually, that song is about as good as your average attack ad. When we come back from a short break, we're going to talk about the latest attack ads and also we'll continue to take your texts on 71010 when it comes to the young people of today. It's not like we're an hour, boy. We had to do 25 hours a day. You don't know, lucky you've got it. Uh, the text so far, I'm a 31 furniture maker. I guess he means I'm a 31-year-old furniture maker. And every time we hire a new person that's younger, um, most of them are probably know-it-all little Fs. Uh, they complain about working hard, says Barry. Barry there. Uh, calling from uh, Bangladesh there in a sweatshop. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Keep your texts coming in. Uh, the text today is... Well, it's not a very cheerful topic, but I am genuinely interested in it. Um, do you think young people are lazier than than we were? Hmm? Or am I just being a curmudgeonous old git that's lost reflection on the hardships of modern life and doesn't understand how difficult it is to grow up in a cosmopolitan metropolis where work is scarce and wages are low and the family unit doesn't exist? Or somewhere in between? I don't know! Attack ads. Um... Do we like them? No, I don't. I've never have. And I know since I've moved to this country, everyone goes, hey, we're doing attack ads now. That's weird. We never used to do attack ads. I don't think we do attack ads. That's what the Americans do and Canadians don't do that. Well, you do and everyone's doing them and they're never going to go away. And the reason for that is they're actually very effective. Whether you like it or not, plenty of research has been done to suggest that they're far, far more effective than nice ads that just, you know, do what used to be, which would basically break down uh, the values and, and core attributes of the party concerned. Now, nah, why do that when you can slag off some bloke for having weird hair? Much easier. Um, and so they're all out and they're all at it, aren't they? NDP's weird. Oh, that one's a bit odd, that one. I don't know if you've been watching the uh, various political ads, uh, but Mulcair looks about as comfortable on camera as a horse in ice skates. Um, meanwhile, you've got the Tories, of course, uh, doing their interview thing, which is a massive like this to uh, Justin Trudeau, of course. And it's ripped off. I think you probably know this by now, but you know the whole thing's ripped off. This this interview campaign that they're doing is all ripped off from a Saskatchewan election some years ago, which did a crap ad, and uh, and now they've, they've ripped that off. It was crap then, and this ad is crap now. I mean, it's, the concept is utterly ludicrous. It's a load of um, people sitting around trying to pick the Prime Minister from an interview process like that happens. <laughs> it's really weird. And they get, like, they get the CV of Justin Trudeau, right? And they're all sitting around and they you know, start picking it apart, saying things like legalising marijuana. Is that the most important issue we're up against? Well, no, and he didn't say it was. I mean, he wants to legalise marijuana or at least investigate it, like, I don't know, the whole of the US is. But, you know... 
We didn't say it's more important than security, economy. So, you know, a lot of it is just lies, really, or at least grotesque, warped um, shapes that represent some manifestation of the truth, if not a direct lie itself. Um, they've ripped off tiny segments of Trude Trudeau moments and created an attack ad acted by a high school drama class with no access to sleep and Red Bull. I mean, it is beyond terrible. And uh, it's it's actually quite funny. And I don't think it's supposed to be. In fact, most of them are. And uh, the Liberals have responded to the Tory attack ad with uh, their fairness plan. Um, fairness, it's an idea that works for the whole country, Trudeau says. Now, his attack ads are nearly as bad. They're so long and complicated, it's ridiculous. It's basically a really boring PowerPoint presentation of all the lies and mistakes that the Tories have made over the last 10 years. But it's so long and boring. There's no video in it. It's just photographs and text. <laughs> it looks like the mock-up of the ad they were going to do when they before they put the film in it. And someone says, well, we haven't got any time to put any actual cuttings of film in it. What, what are we just going to do like a PowerPoint presentation? I think we'll have to, yeah. Have you seen it, Elliot? No, I haven't seen uh, that one in particular, but in terms of like funny ads, I'm reminded of, um, do you remember the Harper one with the coffee? Remind me. This was like a few years ago. It was, I think, during, I don't know, the economic uh, recovery, quote unquote, mm. um, where Harper is like, uh, you know, I stay late at Parliament Hill and, you know, I'm up all night helping Canada. And like there's this hilarious shot where they just show him like sipping from a coffee mug because he's staying so late. He needs coffee. <laughs> it's, I, I I'm like, this one. is this is nonsense. Who actually believes that Harper's like, I know. like, honey, I can't be there for dinner. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to yeah. drink more coffee at Parliament Hill. It's not it's, so true. It's complete nonsense. Yeah. And there's the other one where he's working late and there's no one else in the office. Right. Yeah. And then he's just working a computer like he's doing the accounts. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, people of Canada, this is not how the government actually yeah. operates. Sorry. And if it is, then I want to pay for him to have assistance. Yes. It should not be one man in an office. Well, right, what have I done? I've got the oceans and fisheries report. And then I've got to do the crime statistics. Then I've got to do the highway speeding regulations. Then I've got to look at the old marijuana laws. Then I've got to look at that thing with that guy that we... Locked up in Guantanamo. That was awkward. Got to do that. Right. That's going to... That might take me 20 minutes longer. Love, I'm going to be home late, right? Yeah. I've just got to sort out the whole country! It's... Yeah, it's... It's mental. Yeah, I just... I remember that one in particular. I was like, what, he's got a coffee mug? Like, uh, like the coffee mug will look great. The people will love it. <laughs> so I imagine the consultant saying that. <laughs> Attack ads. Next week, I'm going to be doing the last show for a little while because I'm going to Europe. And I've decided I'm going to write some attack ads and I'm going to attack every party because I would like to be on the fence sometimes. It's not fair to just write one attack ad. So I'm going to attack every single party with my own series of three attack ads or I'll just attack everyone. I might write an attack ad attacking attack ads. And then I might write an attack ad attacking attack ads that attack ads. Everyone's tuned out. It's got too complicated. 71010, if you want to text in. Uh, the question today is, um, are young people lazy? Which I know is so, such a sort of loaded question, isn't it? But it does come from somewhere this week. I had a member of staff walk out on me because he couldn't work out a maths point. And when I sat down to show him, he said, nah, don't get it. Walked out, never saw him again. By the way, I owe him about, I think I owe him $350. Is it wrong that I never give him that? I mean, he probably can't work out that I owe him that much anyway. So is it wrong? It feels right. As long as I don't go and say that sort of thing on the radio, we should be... Oh.
Um, someone's written, could be worse, could be Justin working late smoking a joint. <laughs> Sometimes I get really confused about running this country and keeping this great hair. So I just smoke weed until the small hours. Vote Justin Trudeau. He's up smoking for you. Someone else says, informative ads were, at one time, much more popular than attack ads when reality TV meant news. You're right. I mean, they were. Attack ads in this country were fairly late. I mean, it was a manifestation that crawled across the border. An inevitability, really. Don't get me wrong. We do exactly the same thing in England as well. Uh, but there is uh, nothing like a sinister portrayal of a greedy, self-centred villain repeat with grainy images and menacing music to stir up unconscious minds, which is what a lot of studies have shown. The thing is, we remember bad stuff like if you went shopping this week and i don't know saw two fully grown women having a fight then you'd probably remember it i know i did when i saw that walmart video whereas in reality of course if you went shopping and you're like oh shreddies are on half price that's a bonus look at that and look at that the old l'oreal i love that it makes my hair soft and that's uh, that's on discount as well Vinny, do you know the whole thing about customer service go on tell me uh back when i worked customer service type jobs, they would tell me that if a person, a customer, has a good experience, they'll tell two people. If they have a bad experience, they'll tell ten. This is exactly why services like Yelp are broken. Because uh, for that exact reason, if something's nasty, it sticks with you. But it's probably instinctive. If you want to get really deep about this, it's probably a necessary for evolution, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there, there's arguments for that, yeah. Because to be, certainly shock and disgust is, I mean, the concept of being shocked and disgust is helpful to our survival. If you weren't disgusted and shocked by a filthy toilet and someone licking the toilet bowl, then you, there's a, sorry about that image, but I'm raising a slow point. Um, then you would, you if, if someone licking a toilet bowl, I've done it again. If someone, are you eating? If someone's licking a toilet bowl with their tongue, do think about that. Um, if you weren't disgusted by that and you didn't have a visceral reaction to it, then there's a good chance that there'd be more germs in the world. We need to be shocked and disgusted as part of our evolution. And in that sense, we also need to harbour resentment for bad things so that we don't return to them. Big cave, big bear in it, rips your son's head off. You're not going to forget that. You're going to remember that cave. You're going to remember that cave. And that's why I'm going to set up a new attack ad where the bear in a cave ripping someone's head off. Are you thinking of voting Tory? They rip off heads like bears. Tory. They're cannibals, really. Is that right? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> For balance, I should slag off the rest of them, but I won't because I can't be bothered. So anyway, that's attack ads. We're all doomed. What else has been happening this week? Um, on the Vinnie White Show, which is what you're listening to right now, on News Talk 1010, I can tell you that uh, last night Dave Grohl broke his leg on a stage in Gothenburg. So rock and roll. Check it out. He said, and I quote, I think I've broken my leg. He then said, I'm going to go to hospital because I really do think I've broken my leg. Right? Left the gig. Everyone sort of stood around for a bit. I think they put a backup band on for a bit. Came back slightly less than an hour later with a broken leg in a cast and said, yeah, I did break my leg. Anyway, back to the gig. Cracked on. Legend. Absolute legend. A lot of news people made the break a leg joke. That's a bit predictable, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so too. That's 
that's a, it's painfully predictable, and b it's after the fact, so it doesn't even work. Yeah, I I heard it in many places. What was, what was the context? Well, it was just kind of like they say break a leg before going oh, on stage. Oh God! Well, one rocker really did. Oh. So I don't know. Why do they do that? It's it's just it's easy. I, I like a pun, like the next man, but it's got to be a good pun. See what you want in your pun is something like this. When I used to live in England, there was a PC, so that's a police constable, that changed into a WPC, so that's a woman police constable. And um, they had a sex change, obviously, and came back to work. And the Sun headline, and I can remember it today, was PC ACDC, no knobby bobby, goes on the jobby as WPC. Oh, that's, that's kind of poetic, isn't now, it? Now, that's a pun. Don't give me the break a leg rubbish. Honestly, slipping standards. Uh, also in the news this week, Honda IndyCar happened at the X. It rained a bit. Um, the cars did up to 270 kilometres an hour on Lakeshore Boulevard. <laughs> and I reckon, right, I've got, a, I've got a theory that they record those speeds and include them when they work out the average speed on Lakeshore to bring it up. Check out my bell curve. Um, that was quite a technical gag, but hopefully you kept up. Great minds like you. I'm sure you're all over it. Um, the, they were selling food as well. What is it with the X and crap food? It's unbelievable, isn't it? The X actually hasn't started, but just because the Indy was at the X, crap food. They actually compete to see whose food is worse. Double bacon poutine was being sold. What was that one last year where everyone got ill? Oh, there was a cronut burger, I believe. That was it. There was something redemptive about that. I wouldn't want any of that business. I'd like to set up a salad stand. I'm sure you'd make a killing. You wouldn't. Um, Hazel McCallion, uh, former mayor of Mississauga, who's now uh, 192, uh, started the old uh, torch for the Pan Am Games. Actually, she is. If you, if you don't know who she is, she is genuinely 94, like proper 94. And she doesn't look a day over 93. Um, she, uh, she started the Pan Am Games, uh, which, of course, kick off on July the 10th uh, by carrying a torch today. And uh, it was raining today. It wasn't great weather to be carrying a torch. The torch stayed alight, but um, she was wearing a poncho. I don't know if this is unfair. I'm going to say it. Looked a bit like Yoda, to be honest. You know, she's not much bigger, is she now? Don't worry, I'm not a big fella. But she's, um, in any way, but she's, uh, she did Yoda-esque. The games, they're coming there. I've never done a Yoda impression. That was all right. I've never done that. That was good. I that sounded like Yoda. Can you do one? Me? Yeah. Oh no. See, I can. Uh, I am, you have to kind of. <laughs> I am trying. Are you? Yeah. I. I don't have the. Can't do it. I don't know. No. Okay. Uh, what else happened this week? Um, you know what annoys me? This week. It's not news, but I just thought I'd bring it up because it annoyed me. Walking down the road, as always, because I live sort of King West area. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't get past because the beer store delivery truck had parked on the on the curb. So I had to walk into the road, nearly got killed, but I got round it. Um, but as I, as I looked at that truck, I was thinking, yeah, there's a little part of me as I get older. I'm so miserable that I thought, shall I take a picture of it and complain? I didn't. I've got better things to do. I just stole the beer. Um, but I, I thought I'd just read the side of it. Do you know, I don't know if this is all beer store trucks. I've never noticed this. It says beer store, the ultimate choice for beer. Right. I'm going to go back. And write a big line through ultimate and put the word only. 
You can't brag about the ultimate choice when the only one. That's like saying this is the best Vinnie White show on News Talk 1010. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate show with the witterings of an English man and a bald producer at nine o'clock on a Sunday. There's no other better on AM Talk Radio in Toronto. Give us some choice. Put it in the bloody shop like every civilised country in the world, for goodness sake. And as for this LCPO campaign they've started, where they're spending the taxpayers' money to um, ask questions like, can you see the age of this woman? Right? And then you have to click on... This is an online interactive campaign. It's probably quite effective, in all fairness. But it's a campaign where you have to click on a woman's face and guess her age. And then I presume I haven't got around to doing it. I'm not going to. I've got better things to do. Drink. Um... So if you, I presume you click on her face and it says, no, you said she's 28. Actually, she's 17. And that's why the LCBO is so amazing, because we ID. And if we gave it to convenience stores, they wouldn't ID because they don't know what ID is. Hmm? That's right. And that's why we exist. Yes. So come to the LCBO. Sh shut your face. Sh like, shut up. Here's how it works in, I don't know, every other country that's not in the Muslim world. You say, right, shop. Sell booze. If you don't ID, you're going to be in trouble. We'll send in some mystery shoppers. If you serve someone that's under the regulated age, we will shut you down, we will fine you, and we will not renew your licence. Believe me, it's effective. It's a pretty simple formula. So don't say LCBO. Oh, it's so amazing we ID. You couldn't ID. If you, if you had a shop, you couldn't. But we can, because we're trained to ID. Apart from anything else, it's ridiculous. I know a woman that's 46 and she gets asked for ID. I think bloody Hazel McCallion gets asked for ID. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying this show. Do I have to do a break now? Ugh. I want to carry on working! Not like my staff. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Yeah. So Amanda Capito was on. She's the news chick. I think that's uh, the job title on a business card. It's definitely politically correct. Um, but she's the news chick that was that does a lot of our news. And I, I talked to her earlier uh, on Pay Show because I was filling in for Pay. Where were you? Hmm? And uh, during that show, I was talking to her about our night out last night because we went out for a couple of beers. And uh, she's a good laugh, actually. And so uh, I met her and stuff. It was a good enough night. You know, it's cool. But on the way there, I was walking behind a girl. And this is downtown Toronto. It's actually really close to this studio. Like this studio that I'm broadcasting from is on kind of Queen Street, you know, where the Much Music building is, which is getting a temporary stage built, which is like so big. I don't know why they don't just leave it there. Because every year they put a new... They Knock it down and then put a new one up, and it feels like it's two months later. But anyway, there's a big, uh, there's lots of stuff going on here, and uh, there always is. And of course, being summer in a in a big uh, and sexy uh, town like this, a lot of people are stripping off. Now, I'm a full-blooded male, okay. I I like girls with big butts. No, I like um, <laughs> I like girls. Actually, I like girls with quite small butts. That's just my thing. Thanks for asking. Um, and. I like looking at, you know, semi-naked girls because I'm a man. Now, I don't particularly choose this. I don't wake up in the morning and think, well, I'm going to be a pervert today. It's a visceral gut reaction. And it's, again, like most things in life, ingrained within me and is a reason that there's seven billion people on this planet. 
it's quite handy that we like the opposite sex. And you know what? Even women, they like men. It's crazy out there. And so it's quite handy that the majority of people want to have sex with the opposite sex because it makes babies. Stop me when this is patronising. <laughs> now, the point I'm making is I like it, but there is a limit. And last night I was walking behind a girl who, I'm, I'm, forgive me because this is quite crass, but there's no other way to explain it. She had a shoestring up her ass. It was ridiculous. She had a thong on. She was walking down the road on Queen Street with a thong on. Thong. Nothing else. Well, something else. A pair of heels and um, a sort of little crop top thing, you know. Now, she was good looking. Yeah, sure. Okay, well done. She was good looking. She was also absolutely hammered. She fell off a curb in her heels all over the place. Not a class act. Uh, her father must have been so proud. Um, but she, uh, you know, as I'm walking behind her, it's hard to not look at her crack. Now, even if I was Hazel McCallion, I still would have been looking at it. Well, actually, I would have been closer to it, thinking about that. But my point is that, like a car crash, I couldn't take my eyes off it. So in the end, I got so frustrated because I just I couldn't think of anything else apart from bum, bum, there's a bum, there's a bum on show, show of a bum in front of me. Look at the bum, look at the bum, there's nothing else in the world but the bum, oh, look at the bum. Ah! I actually had to cross the road to get away from the arse. I did a runner from the bum, I was a bum runner. And... Um, yeah, it's not her... F well, it's debatable. I was going to say it's not her fault. It is her fault that she chose to wear the most ridiculous garment I've seen outside Rio. I mean, it was absolutely ludicrous. But it made me think, what's the issue here? How is it that we're programmed? And is it beneficial for us to actually have this degree of lust? And so I looked at an expert. And sometimes it's worth looking at philosophers. Andrew Bortin says... In some ways, it's good. The problem with sex is that we often use it not to think about stuff that's quite painful. Sex comes along and fills a vacuum. You know, when you don't want to think and you've got something uh, uh, pressing, all sorts of difficult things to do, and you're in front of a computer, what might you do, guys? Guys, what might you do? Yeah. You know what you're going to do, right? You know what you're going to do? You're going to put something in the internet, right? And you might become grip. Uh, uh, fall prey to a sexual obsession because you're using sex to divert you from anxiety. That anxiety is important and you're running away from it to sex. Don't. Now, some people in history have tried to tell us um, not to have too much sex, not to think about too much sex. They've been aware of the power of sex and they've got us to try and do various things, not to think too much about sex. And when we think about these people, we think, oh my goodness, how repressed they were dressing the head to toe in gear, you know, getting too turned on by the sight of an ankle, this seems ridiculous. We think in the modern world that we are liberated, right? And that we don't need to worry too much about the physical and about the erotic and about sex, because it doesn't really matter what you're looking at. You can be thinking about, you know, microbiology or the fate of human beings. You're not going to be distracted by certain visual images. These things are not going to put you off. They're not going to, you're not going to change your priorities just because there's somebody sunbathing semi-naked next to you. Grow up. Now, my, thing, my analysis is, yes, we will. Very many of us, very sensible people, get very, very, very affected by these sort of things. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending this, but I'm thinking let's think about the power of sex sometimes to draw us away from things that are very important. Let's not let sex be used as a distraction from very necessary internal processes. Let's sometimes admit that a certain amount of censorship 
and repression is not just for the Victorians, it's not just for the religious, it's for all of us. If we're trying to have a good life, part of that good life will involve some censorship, some repression. To conclude, um, we'd be awfully sensible if we didn't have a sex drive. We'd be very mature, very respectable people by now. Um, we could take ourselves seriously, very seriously. We could almost be growing smug about the sort of people we are, how clever and wise and noble. Fortunately, we have a sex drive. And that sex drive doesn't allow us very long to think of ourselves as sensible beings because we know what's going on in our minds. We know every day as we ride the tube, as we walk the streets, there's stuff in our minds that if a video camera was put in there, we would just look absolutely absurd. And that absurdity is rather nice in a way. Let's respect how ridiculous sex makes us. It gives us enormous amounts of pain, but it also gives us that vital psychological, philosophical lesson uh, to remind us not to take ourselves too seriously. Thank you very much. Alain Dubotin is a fantastic philosopher who's just given so much to the world, and I really encourage you to get involved with some of his stuff on his YouTube channel, The School of Life. Um, always providing great insight from usually um, all the great uh, philosophers, but in a modern way. So he sort of aggregates that information and passes it on to help us through life. And apparently... It's all right to look at chicks. That's what I heard. <laughs> I got an interesting text on this, actually. A lot of people have been texting in about this subject. Um, Mike says, you check out a woman and you're a pervert, but it's okay for women to lose their minds at promos for firefighter calendars or flip out over Magic Mike. Who's Magic Mike? What does he mean by that? Um, a, male a male stripper movie, apparently? I don't, yeah. There's a male stripper movie? Is that the one with the, with the, giant, the giant thing? Mark Wahlberg. It's Boogie Nights. Oh, that was Boogie Nights. That was a terrible movie. Magic Mike. Well, it's probably a good reason I haven't seen it. It's not, I don't think I'm the targeted niche. Yeah. <laughs> but there's one for you girls if you're bored tonight. Download Magic Mike and watch it with your husband. Watch him enjoy watching you enjoy it. Thanks for listening today. It's really nice doing the show. I had a good laugh. And thanks for your input, as always. Uh, what's next? Well, I think it's a bit of the old Keenan. Hmm? Goddamn legend, that man. And he's coming our way. 